what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Church Creatives Club podcast. I know it's been a little while since our latest episode, but I think you're going to really enjoy this one. Um, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that we have some new merch for sale. We've got some new t-shirts going on uh, just in time for spring. So make sure you check those out. And I still have just a few copies of the print magazine left if you're interested in those. Um, and don't forget the next digital one uh, will be coming out uh, probably in June, either April or June, sometime around then. So get your articles in, get your graphics in for the next magazine. But I am super excited to have a good friend of mine, uh, Rico Smith from Mississippi. And I've asked him to come on today because uh, he's not really a creative as far as being like a designer or photographer. I believe everybody is creative in their own own respects. I believe God gives creativity to people in different ways. But the reason why I wanted him to come on is to kind of give us a viewpoint of creativity and the importance of creativity in the church from a pastor's point of view, um, from an evangelist, from a preacher's point of view, because we don't hear that a lot. Um, and so anyway, Rico, just go ahead and kind of introduce yourself before we get started. First of all, I want to thank you, Anthony, um, who is who has become a good friend of mine. Um, one of the persons who I've enjoyed working with, but we'll get more into that later. I am Rico Smith. I am the pastor and founder of Adapt Church Jackson in the heart of our state's capital in Jackson, Mississippi. I am married to Christian. She is my high school sweetheart. We just celebrated 10 years of uh, marital bliss on February 24th. And out of our union, we have three beautiful girls, um, nine, seven, and six-year-old Ivy Grace, um, Kinsley Elizabeth, and Madeline Rose. Um, I've been enjoying full-time ministry since 2016. The Lord would call me into the vineyard um, to go out into the highways and byways, if you will, on July 8th, 2016. From that point on, I've done some things in the body of Christ to help advance God's kingdom mission in this part of the world um, through the gifts and talents and abilities that he's given me. So um, I appreciate this opportunity to stand um, in the place. I know I'm not the best to be here to do this. I'm not the most qualified, but I do appreciate Anthony reaching out to me, allowing me to be a voice um, in, in so many respects for pastors and their appreciation for creativity. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. Uh, it's, it's cool. Cause like I was, um, when we first met, we were having the conversation, like I was actually born in Jackson, Mississippi. So it's kind of interesting how that all works out of uh, some history there. But, um, I, me, I guess we kind of probably met through social media. I think you reached out. Um, I did some graphics for you in the beginning and, um, I've done some logos for you and just some different creative work. Um, but what stood out to me is, um, you being a pastor and your emphasis on creativity and not just having creativity, but you want things to look good. You want things to be done right. And, um, Unfortunately, we don't see that a lot in the churches every now and then. Some some churches don't value creativity as much. Um, so I guess uh, kind of explain to people where that come from. Why, why are you so like when you want sermon graphics, you want them to be like top notch when you do a logo, when you have even just a ministry. I think you were putting on a conference and you're like, hey, I've got to have the design of the conference just look great. So where does that, where does that come from? Well, that came from um, me growing up with a very active imagination. 
right? I grew up, um, I'm from Lucas Hill. And, and by the way, shameless plug, I have a podcast called From Lucas Hill. Um, go and download that. But anyways, I grew up in Lucas Hill. Lucas Hills is a little country part of Macon, Mississippi. And growing up in Lucas Hill, I grew up, Anthony, in the house with 30 plus people living wow. at one time. And so I lived in the house with not only a lot of siblings, but a lot of cousins. And so we spent most of our time back in my day. I'm just 32 years old. <laughs> but back in my day, growing up in the 90s, we spent most of our time outside playing you know, we would get the sticks, we would get the leaves, and we would be playing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or Batman <laughs> or Darkwing Duck or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> or the gargoyles, the show I, the shows I grew up on. And my point is, we grew up having to use our imagination a lot. And right. I believe that the Lord allowed that to stick with me because even, even in playing with my cousins in sandlot, um, in the dirt, um, with sticks and stuff, I always used my imagination for how I wanted to sequence our action. I was always yeah. trying to sequence it, right? You know, script how we were going to play. Right. And um, they, I believe that just grew up with me, um, that, that grew up with me on the inside of me because I believe it was something that got placed on the inside of me. So I always grew up wanting to have the best things in life, looking towards the best things in life. Brands always caught my eye. Yeah. Even when I was a younger child. And so um, what I mean by that, to go just a little deeper into that, I noticed logos. Mm -hmm. I noticed brands before I noticed the product. So if I knew something came from Polo Ralph Lauren, I knew it was going to be of utmost quality, right? right? If I knew if something came from WWE or WWF at the time, because I grew up mm -hmm. loving to watch The Undertaker, I knew that yeah. the toys that I was going to buy, the action figures were going to be of utmost quality. If I saw the Disney logo, I knew that I was going to get good quality entertainment for a, right. for a child at my age. And so I always gravitated towards the branding. I always gra gravitated towards the logo. If the logo looked good, if the logo popped, I believed that the product would pop. And right. so that stuck with me all throughout my life. And so when the Lord started using me in ministry in 2009, when I got baptized in Jesus name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, um, I immediately was thrust by the elders of the church into teaching in our teen Sunday school class. Well, um, I was being scouted because we did back then. A church mother would come in and evaluate to see if I was going to stay in scripture and what I was doing. But I was telling the Lord, I was like, God, I am in this church. And the teacher before me is of an older generation. I was like, but I'm ministering to students and peers who are my age and right. a little bit younger. I was like, help me to present you to them on the level in which they can understand. And it was at that moment, Anthony, that God began to have me to start being creative with my lessons. I remember one of the first lessons I taught was about Skittles. Um, and you know, the variety of Skittles, Skittles versus right. M&Ms was my lesson. And as with each brand, Skittles and M&Ms has a variety of colors. But right. the distinguishment or the distinct the distinction rather between the two is Skittles have not only a, an array of color, they have an assorted variety of flavors. Right. While M&Ms only have an assorted color, but same flavor. And so the Lord would have me to use that lesson 
that illustration to show that, that we are many members, but we are one body because I let them know that, yes, we're distinct in being a grape skittle or a strawberry skittle or a lime right. skittle, but we all come from the same creator, which is the creator of skittles, and we came out of the same packaging. And so yeah. it was at that moment that something began to blossom on the inside of me, always wanting something to illustrate what the point that I'm trying to drive home in ministry. Because even though I'm teaching the word of God, Anthony, that does not mean that I have to quench the natural abilities and talents that God has given me to present it on a level that is um, visually aesthetic. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are visual learners. And exactly, because they yeah. are visual learners, you have to present the best to them visually. If the vision, you know, people without a vision perish, right? right exactly. <laughs> Graphic design is a vision. Is It helps the people remember where are they trying to take me in this sermon? And, yeah. and that is how I came into loving and wanting to always have the best graphic design and detail in my work. Yeah, uh, you made some great points there. I think the the talk about you t- you're teaching young people and you're trying to reach them on their level. That's such an important thing, and people don't realize um, in the society we live in now, everything is visual. We're so used. I mean, we look at our phones way too much. I mean, you you see ads literally everywhere. You know, you can't even walk down the street without seeing some type of ad. And so the way I grew up, the ads yeah. on the cars, people would use yeah. Skittle cars and Starburst cars. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so um, I people don't realize how much of an impact that can make. And you're talking about the illustrations. I remember sermons a lot more when they have a good illustration. You know, and it, it is, you know, and you, you can lean too far. You can lean too much on your illustration and not enough on scripture, which is dangerous. But I remember, I remember illustrations and I remember points and, and I'm a visual learner. I'm, I'm so much a visual learner. Um, all through school, I struggled with like just test and book work. Give me a, a hands-on thing. Give me something I can touch, something I can see. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of interesting, um, taking your history of how you grew up and then how you brought that into ministry, you know? Yeah. Well, it was something growing up. I grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. And so growing up very poor, um, one of the, one of my mentors that I was speaking to on the phone about two years ago during the height of the pandemic, um, he was telling me, he said, Rico, what I admire about you is you are a big picture kind of person. And he used the word picture. Yeah. Meaning that I use my vision to right. to project where I want to go in life, right? Um, people focus, so many people focus on the immediate issues, like when, when catastrophes happen in life or yeah. injustice of a sort. They focus immediately on the immediate issue, what's going on, while I, on the other hand, try to look ahead, like, what's going to be the long-term um, effect or positiveness that comes from this. You get what I'm right. saying? So I always try to focus on the big picture um, growing up the way that I did. So I grew up with a very, very, very lively and vivid imagination, just believing and trusting God in faith that I would arrive at certain places in life. And so when it came down time to, like you mentioned, the conference, I, I even had that on my mind to bring up yeah. when we did the call. Um, that was my first time reaching out to you. When I did that conference, um, because I asked you to put together a min, uh, Rico Smith Ministries logo. Right. right. And then um, I asked you to put together the Azusa again 
logo. And I remember um, before coming to you about the Azusa again logo, I had tried different other, I mean, other people, you know, no knock at them, but they just could not grasp my vision of creativity. And um, I didn't want anyone to feel like I was stern or pushy, but I am a person who know what I want and how I want it to be done. And we shouldn't expect any less, especially if you are the client. But not only that, the person who's doing the creating shouldn't want to be pushed beyond the current right, zone, yeah. right? Um, so it's a two-way street. And I remember coming to you and I was like, I've had this logo worked on. It did not turn out to my liking. What do you think you can do? And immediately you was like, um, I'm booked, but let me see what I can do. 30 hmm. minutes later, it wasn't <laughs> even, you were booked now and you were for real booked. You weren't, you weren't just leading on yeah. or trying to... You know how some people be fanboy. Oh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm booked, but I, but you know, yeah, so happy that they reach out. No, you were yeah. you were booked. You you have great work, and um, but thirty minutes later, you was like, no, you said I made time yeah. to just try to gauge what you were talking about, and you began to send. You sent me like seven or eight different little play um playwits is what I would yeah. call it playwits of the logo, and I was like, wow, you nailed it. I was like, not only did you nail my vision, you also gave me more options to explore. Right. And I was like, you exceeded my vision. And it was at that moment that I knew that you were the niche creative guy that I needed to go to. Not niche in so much that you were just niche for religious creation purpose, but you are the one that I can lean on and trust to bring my creativity to life because not only am I creative, you are creative. And I found out mm-hmm. that you didn't mind being pushed because when you yeah. were bringing it to me, I was like, no, let's fix this. Let's fix that. Yeah. I got no pushback. You did it and you exceeded the fix. And yeah. so um, I just remember connecting with you on that level. And then from that point on, I knew something special was happening. You know, yeah. it, it was like Kobe and Shaq. It was like uh, <laughs> Mike and Steve Kerr and um, and Scottie Pippen and, and, and Dennis Rodman. It was it was like Steph and Clay, yeah. the Splash Brothers. We became the, the church Splash Brothers, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Because from there, you begin to not only do logo work for me, you started doing sermon prep work for me, yeah. um, sermon cre- graphics. And then you um, ventured into the world of version with me. You, yeah. you created my version graphics for yeah. two of my most popular plans out right now. And so, mm-hmm. man, it's just been a journey, and but it's all it all started with creativity right. because people, when they see something, if they see something of utmost quality, they're going to believe that the content that follows is right. going to either rival it or exceed it. Yeah, it's so funny you talk about the U version plan. Um, those graphics, because, uh, I mean, I'm a big proponent of you version. I use their plans. Uh, we use them, uh, I use them in teaching. I've used them in youth group and hyphen, you know, classes and stuff like that. And when I'm searching for a topic, you know, if I'm just on the Beatitudes or Proverbs or Psalms or whatever, I'm searching a topic. I tend to look at the plans first that have great graphics. They stand out and they grab my attention. And and I dig and then I dig into them and like, okay, this is what I want or this is not what I want. But those are the ones I go to first. And and, and I think a lot of people don't realize they do the same thing. It's just like a subconscious. You know, you don't, you don't even, even realize, realize you're doing, doing it. it. And see, and and, and yeah. most people 
sometimes we can be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Yeah. And then contrary to that, you can be so earthly minded that you're no heavenly good. So I, I remember earlier in this conversation, you were speaking to how people can lean so much on their illustrations yeah. and not on the scripture. And so what I mean by when people are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good and no and so earthly minded, they're no earthly, I mean, no heavenly good. We have to find that delicate balance. Yeah. You have to find that balance um, in, in the church life. It is not evil for us to want um, stellar graphics, stellar yeah. logo, stellar church layout and designs, stellar um, um, equipment in the church, audio visual equipment. In, in. Right. It's nothing evil or wrong about that. Want to know why? When you go back and trace the creativity of God in Genesis, yeah. he was very detailed. He was detailed very all the way down to the team. But then we saw God's creativity and neck for detail when it came down to giving Moses the pattern of the tabernacle. He was like, I want you to make this tabernacle to every specification that I am showing you. Right. And then the Bible goes on in Exodus, I think, 34 or 35 and says that he placed that spirit of wisdom and artistic and creativity yeah. on Bezalel and Aholiab to bring Moses's vision of the tabernacle to pass. Yeah. And so God gives creativity. He gives the ability to be artistic to his people for his work. We read the first account of graphic design in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We read it in the church for the tabernacle. They yeah. had to refine the work of gold, but he said they had to be artistic with it. They just yeah. couldn't get gold and just beat dents in. They had to make the gold look good. It right. had to be pleasing, please, aesthetically pleasing to the eye. You had to yeah. want to look at that gold and be like, oh, wow. Yeah. This, this is only something that God can do. And so right. when people look at your graphics, I want them to say, oh, wow. This is only yeah. something that God could do. Like you said, right. when you go on version, I just did it two days ago yeah. looking for an Easter plan. And the one that stood out to me was the one with the most graphic designs. It didn't have the most completions or the yeah. most subscriptions, but it had the best graphic design. Yeah. And I trusted that work because of the graphic that I saw. Right. Um, yeah. When you see something that is is well designed, like you were talking about brands, you just go ahead and ha- assume the quality is going to be there in the product because you're like, they took time to do this or they paid somebody well to do this. So they obviously care a lot about their material. Um, and that's something very, very important. Um, I, I feel like we live in this society, especially in the Christian world, where we're always about either or. It's like, well, I've got the spirit, I've got the truth, I got the doctrine, I got the theology. We don't need any of this other light sound audio. It's like, well, why can't you have both? I, why can't you have both? It, the Holy Spirit and lights can exist together. Like it can exist together. Is the Holy Spirit not light? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bible says God is light. So yeah. he, he's he's not only light in purity and in spirituality. He's light in artificial meaning. That yeah. listen, the light that I have lighting me up right now is yeah. artificial light, but it gets its basis in the true light. That is God because light shined in darkness. Why am I having this artificial light around me? Because I didn't want the darkness to cloud the look that I'm trying to present today. And so we don't have to have all spirituality and no creativity. Creativity and spirituality are one in the same because God is so creative 
in, in the sense that when he divided the people at the Tower of Babel, he was creative in doing that. He gave yeah. them all different tongues and distinct languages that they could not understand each other. But take think about how much creativity that took from God. But then yeah. he decides to sh- emphasize his creativity once more on the day of Pentecost with the tongues of the Holy Ghost. Right. And he unites us all. But it's creative because Paul says when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking a language which only God can understand. Is that not creative? He right. was not dull. And all of us do not sound the same when we speak in tongues. So is that not creative? And so God is even showing his creativity and his spirituality. The working of miracles. That's creative. Some people are are raised from the bed of death. Some people are raised out of wheelchairs. Some people's limbs grow back. Some people have demons cast out. That's creative. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think think no no better um, example, too, is just nature. You just look at the beauty of nature and we are nature. We're a creation. And so I think I think we just naturally have that in us to want to make things. I mean, you look at you look at the human race, just how much we have accomplished as far as inventing things, technology, creativity, art, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think it's something that's ingrained in us that we want to make things because we were created. We were created. And, you know, um, it's ingrained in us, like you said, because we were created. And that is a strong point that you can just teach, preach, um, do um, big seminars from even if you're not in the world of religion. Because I'm believing for this podcast to reach beyond the scope of church. Yes, it's about church creatives. But you have different people that attend our church. You know, you have people that's in the secular world that attend our churches. They are on um, Wall Street. You have people in boardrooms. You have people that are janitors. And so you have all walks of life coming into our church. And because we have all walks of life coming into our church, everyone have a different worldview. Mm-hmm. Some people are sitting in meetings that have to do with creativity, while others are sitting in meetings that have to do with stocking cleaning supplies. But you have to be able to be flexible enough to reach that one that's stocking cleaning supplies, but also to make that one whose who, whose job is nothing but creativity in the secular world feel that wow, even here I'm yeah. experiencing my creativity and I'm yeah. encountering God while I'm doing it. And exactly. so there's nothing wrong with having the creativity is ingrained inside of us. Our buildings, our cars, our homes, our couches, our table that we're sitting yeah. in, that chair that you're sitting in. It did not start out like that. It came with a vision of creativity. How yeah. did we want it to slant? How did we want it to groove? And, and you get what I'm saying? So yeah. we are just creative beings. Our skin color, our eye color, yeah. our hair color is yeah. all about creativity. And there's no way we can any longer in the church afford to downplay the importance of visual aids. Exactly. We can't afford to downplay it anymore. Yeah, um, that it goes back to what uh, we've been talking about, about brands and just, you know, spending the money or acting like you care. That's I, when, when people come into my church, because, you know, our whole point is I want guests to come to my church. I want people to be saved just like I was saved when they come in. I want them to see that we take our church seriously, that we care about our church, that we took time to 
to not only have it clean, but it's visually appealing and it sounds good and it and it looks like we care. You know, we take care of our stuff. We want our house to be nice. We want to drive nice cars. We want we should treat our church and our ministry the same thing where I want the best for my ministry. I want the best for my church. You want you want it to be visually pleasing. Um, at the end of the day, if I walk into an institution, um, be it a retail store or a church or a school, if it's not appealing to the eye, chances are I'm going to be at the most suspicious (laughs) and at the least willing to give it a chance. And so um, I'm looking at it and I'm I'm saying, is this safe? Is this a good environment? Is this ground for growth is is potential here you know you you're looking at things and not that everything is going to be 100% you sometimes you got to look at the dirt and create out of the dirt carpenters look at wood and create tables right so it's not that it has to always be aesthetically pleasing to the eye right off the bat yeah. but you should want to offer the best not only to god but to the people that are coming because at the end of the day, we're not going to be able to change their mentality about wanting visual aids. We mm-hmm. can either be like Netflix and continue to evolve, or we can be like Blockbuster and think <laughs> that Netflix will never catch on yeah. and end up going bankrupt, losing souls to the world. Because if right. you will look at the world, the world is getting more creative. It's getting more creative and the church will be left back in the first century church age if we do not rival or exceed that creativity that the world has. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's been so many talks and so many blogs and podcasts about COVID, but I think COVID was a defining point for the church because it forced people out of their comfort zone. It was like, now we've got a live stream. We've got to make videos. We've got so much emphasis was placed on media and production and create. You had to get creative about how you held church and stuff. And so, you know, but I think that kind of, I think we can, of all the negative that happened, I think we can also take a lot of positives for that is that it, it forced us out of our comfort zones. And it for, I think creative is not just about, can I paint good or take a good picture, but it's, how can I problem solve? You know, we've got this issue. We can't gather in church. How can we still have church? We've got this issue about we got to, you know, we can't go visit people. How can we still connect with them? You know, creativity is also problem solving as well. It is. Um, it's, an, it's an avenue or it is a medium to addressing a need. It's a medium to addressing a need. It's another form of a need being addressed and met and a need being satisfied, not just addressed, but it's being satisfied. And God allowed COVID to happen. No matter what spin they want to put on it politically, religiously, God allowed it to happen because, first of all, it's prophesied in the world that pestilences, famines and all of these would escalate at the end time or um, right before the end time. So COVID did a great job at pushing us into that space and into that sphere of getting our creativity out there. Why? Because I believe the Lord was giving us a preview of being able to do underground church 
Mm -hmm. out in the open. You're being able to do underground church in the eyes of many. In many countries, they're already doing underground church. So they're already having to be creative how they present Jesus Christ. They leave little notes here and there. They they put little hieroglyphics up on the wall trying to teach people about Jesus in code. But this is them using their graphic design in underground church in in those third world countries and even first world countries that do not allow the uh, public teaching of Christianity. Well, God allowed it to happen in the Western world as well. But America is so blessed in all of our resources and we're allowed to do so much in our liberty and democracy that we need to take advantage of shutdowns like COVID instead yeah. of always trying to fight the government and, and there's nothing wrong with that but instead of always trying to find other avenues on how to present Jesus to people. Jesus yeah. knew how to present himself to people beside the water, sitting mm. in the boat sitting on a mountaintop in right. a well, at the tomb Jesus went everywhere and he was creative in his environment Imagine the scenery of him sitting at the top with what we call the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Imagine the beautiful scenery. And then imagine the scenery of him around the tomb trying to call the man out and calling um, Lazarus out of the grave and healing the demoniac. Then imagine the scenery of him on the boat. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was pleasing. Jesus used, in, in each situation, he used his backdrop yeah. to bring home his message and his list. Yeah, and I think the parables are a perfect example of that as he he talked in ways that they understood. You know, if he was talking to the rich people or the poor people or the religious people or the Gentiles or the Jews, he used stories that related to them. And I think it's really no different now. You have to find things that relate to your congregation. And if you're not a creative person in that aspect, there's nothing wrong with admitting, hey, I'm a pastor and I'm not creative. Let me go find somebody that can help me. I think that's where we struggle is is sometimes, um, you know, I'm not just a creative. I'm also in ministry as well. And, and, and sometimes pastors and ministers, we struggle with not being able, we want to be able to do everything. You know, we, we feel like we've got to do it all. And if you're not, go find you somebody that is creative, somebody that you can connect with and say, hey, look, I've got this vision for my church. How can I bring this to life? You know? I, I think building programs, you know, are, are excellent. You know, you, you see people like, we want to build a new building, so we're going to have a campaign. Well, you can get up there and ask for donations, and you might get some donations and stuff, but what if you had a whole campaign where you could visualize it and we could see how much money was coming in? And, you know, when I see people do that, and it's like they meet their goals just like that because it's something people can relate to. Yes, it's something that people can relate to. And to touch on your point, um, we... In the body of Christ, we have a problem with um, competition and intimidation. Yeah. yeah, The spirit of competition comes from those that are intimidated by people who they feel can do what they want to do better. Right. So instead of them reaching out to those that have that strength, whereas I'm weak in that area, I try to go and create a strength that was never meant to be mine in the first place. Right. And while I can work towards it, because in all labor, there is reward. You know, Proverbs says that I can work towards it and get some type of reward. But could it be to the maximizing potential that it would have been had I just worked with someone else? 
Right. Which is why it says we are many members, but mm-hmm. one body. And, you know, um, as a pastor myself, and I, I can put together some graphics off of what you gave me. And I got some creativity that I could put some things together. But I know when it's time for me to go big, mm-hmm. I go home. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, when it's time for Rico to go big, he go home and he call Anthony. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's go big or go home. And so right. if I want to go big, I learn to go home, meaning that right. I learn to decrease so that somebody else can increase. Right. God told Moses, he said, you have the vision. He said, but I'm going to place the spirit of work and creativity mm-hmm. on Bezalel and the Holiab to bring your vision to pass. Moses right. had no choice but to become a trio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. I think I th- we've got to rely on other people's strengths and other people's abilities. And that's where the church really thrives. And I think when you see churches that are that are, we would say, you know, they're just killing it in the creative space. You know, they have the social media, the video, the graphics, all that. It's because they've developed a team. It's not one person doing that. It's because they've allowed other people's creativity to merge together. And now it's like they're working with the dream team. They have the, it's, it has become a mosaic because you got all of the right oil colors and watercolors and you got the canvas and you got the right paint brushes that have been stroked on that canvas. And you got the right lighting that has hit it. But it took all of those components to make that one piece of art stand out. Yeah. It not only took the pastor to give the vision, it took those who know how to go down into um, what it is, acrobat. If, um, if that's one of the. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Adobe. Tools. yeah. Adobe, not an acrobat. Acro- Adobe, I mean, acrobat is one of the problems yeah. of Adobe. It takes an Anthony to go into Adobe to grab what Rico could not grab out of the scripture. Yeah. I got the Bible. You get Adobe. Okay, you do what you got to do with Adobe and I'll do what I have to do with the Bible. I'll do what I have to do in the prayer room. And I know you're going to do what you have to do in your own prayer space. But you're also going to do it at your computer sitting down while I'm thumbing through pages or flicking through screens on my electronic tablets or phone. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do spiritually. And you're doing what you're supposed to do spiritually plus creatively. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what people, people need to understand is, you know, find, find you somebody that you can connect with. If you're not a creative person, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, my church doesn't have the budget. We don't have the people find you somebody that does. There's, there's, there's so many creative people in the church world. And I think I talked with, um, it was one of the past episodes I was talking that I would stack up artist in the church with anybody in the world, whether it's music, design, photography, video, the church has some of the most creative people and they don't always get the recognition because they're not out in Hollywood. They're not in Nashville recording. And we do have some, you know, I mean, there are some, some well-known Christian people, but for the most part in the arts, the world gets all the credit. But if you look at what the church produces, it's got some of the most creative people in the world. Some of the most creative, Anthony. And the thing about it is that what's so scary about that is the ones that are utilizing and usurping that gift in the world <laughs> are out there because they were not given that opportunity in the church. Yeah. yeah. Most of the people that are in Hollywood, 
because of how the Jesus name movement and the, just the movement of Christ had moved upon this country as a whole in different centuries, in different times. Most of those people have a religious background. If we were to speak to them, they would say, yes, I grew up going to this church, going to that church. Big, they were Catholic, big, they were Baptist, a Methodist, a Pentecostal. And that, that's not so much my concern for this episode. Right. But they had some type of exposure to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But they probably wanted to venture in that area. Yeah. yeah. But they were not given the space to do so. Yeah. So the place that gave them the space is the place that they ventured into. That was right. the world. And so those gifts that we have in our churches, on our pews, on our drum, there is someone playing the acoustic guitar that could kill it on Adobe. There's yeah. someone on keys that could kill it on Adobe or in whatever creative um, system and software y'all use. Yeah. They can kill it. But because people kill their creativity and close them in and box them into one area yeah. Yeah. and tell them, no, you're supposed to be on drums. No, you're supposed to be a singer. You're supposed to be a preacher. You're supposed yeah. to, why can't I preach and create? Why right. can't I sing and create? Why can't I play and create? Why can't I usher and create? No. Why are you placing me in a box when yeah. God may have given me multiple talents? I might be the one that he's giving the five talents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might not be the one that got the one talent. Yeah. I, I'm not a one trick pony. I might be one of the ones that have the five talents. Allow the children, allow the youth, and even the adults who have been quenched for so long, allow the elders to adventure and explore yeah. their creativity. And when you do that, the body will be finally packed together. Yeah. yeah. And I know I this may have been your experience growing up. I'm not sure. I know we're, we're kind of on the same age, but when I was growing up in the church, it was like the only avenues for ministry was preacher, teacher, pastor, and worship team. That was it. And I, and I think back how many of my, my peers, you know, people that I grew up with, that was not their calling, but they were creative in other areas and they just never got to experience that. So you're right. I think we've, we've got to give people a shot and say, you know what? Hey, you're not a singer. You're not a musician. You're not a preacher or a teacher, but you got these other talents that are super creative that could be used for the church. You, you can design clothes. What's wrong with you designing clothes for, for the body of Christ? Yeah. You know, we, we need modest apparel for men and women in this day and time. We need apparel that makes us feel good and look good, but we're not so much flashy. Okay, yeah. what if you are an actor or an actress? Yeah. We've deemed Hollywood so evil. Don't get me wrong. They have a great dose of it. Yeah. <laughs> but why would God give them that great gift of acting and, and being actresses, right? Yeah. Actors and actresses, if it was not meant to use to give him glory. Right. No one would have the ability to role play if that's not something that God wanted us to do, God would have wired every human being without the ability to role play. Right. But why do we have the ability to role play instead of looking at it and be like, oh, no, you don't supposed to use that for Hollywood. But not only do we say well, you don't supposed to use that for Hollywood, you don't supposed to use it at all. Why right. not create a drama and arts department in the church? Right. Right. Write plays, create right. movies. And, yeah. and I believe that a lot of the movement got behind um, and the reason why TBN is so far ahead um, in the Trinity Broadcasting Network, we may not agree with their theology, yeah. Yeah. but they used their creativity. Yeah. yeah. 
in all of those spaces. You got talk shows, you got them creating movies, and they're all about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we're so far behind in some of our movements because we see everything as it's going to be a gateway to the devil, a gateway right. to the devil, a gateway to the devil. Well, the devil didn't give me my creativity. Right. God did. Just pray with me. Believe with me. Give yeah. me some accountability and help me stay on the right path and watch God be glorified. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, man, this has been some good conversation. I have I have thoroughly enjoyed this. But uh, before we wrap up, any uh, parting thoughts or anything? Any other questions or comments? A parting thought that I want to leave with you all is allow the Anthony's <laughs> of your churches to be them. Allow them the freedom, the space, and the creativity to bring your vision to pass. And when you give them your vision, please work with them. Don't hamper them. Don't beat them down. Yes, challenge them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But don't throw them away. And then when they do you right, expose them to others. Yeah. I want to leave you with that thought that there is so much creativity in our churches that is being quenched for fear of losing them to the world. That yeah. I'm asking you, please give God a chance to be God in the vessels that he created to be creative. Right. That's a, that's a great parting word. So uh, real quick, give you a second, plug your podcast, any of your social media, how people can contact with you if they want to further this conversation. If you want to further this conversation, you can first of all, um, follow me on Instagram. I have two Instagram pages. I am Rico underscore Smith or I am Rico Smith underscore. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter using the same handles. And you can also find me on Facebook with just looking up Rico Smith. But I would love for you to follow up my podcast from Lucas Hill. This is not a niche podcast. This is a podcast that I speak to so many different areas that go on in life, but also those things which affect Christian life and how we should view things through the eyes of Jesus Christ. So I would love for you to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, and also in any place that you have podcasting from Lucas Hill, a podcast with Rico Smith. Yeah. And I would encourage you that the, the Lucas Hill podcast is very good. I've been enjoying it. Um, especially your episode about the, uh, the Asbury revival that was going on. Um, and I think people will enjoy it because you talk about a lot of current events. You talk about things that are really going on like right now in the world. Um, and like you said, not necessarily like, you know, from a theology standpoint, but just like, hey, this is how this affects Christians. This is some things going on in the world. So, yeah, uh, if you have not subscribed to his podcast, definitely go check it out. Thank you so much, Anthony. All right. Well, I enjoyed it, Rico and everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Peace.